Heavenly Father, we we thank you so much for this day that we can set aside where we specifically focus on missionaries, O Lord. And Father, your your work that goes on round about us from our backyards to across the whole world. Father, we pray that you would help us, that we would go when you say go. We pray for a special blessing on the missionaries that are out there each and every day, Lord, while we are in the comforts of our everyday lives here in North America. Help us that we may give of your resources that you have entrusted to us to help your work carry out throughout the world, O Lord, whether it's in our backyards or across the whole world, across the oceans. We pray Lord, that you would change our hearts, that our lives would be more about you and a whole lot less about us. Amen. to kick things off. My name is Hilary Delph. I'm from North Phoenix. And in January, I went to Bonfin, Haiti and worked at Hospital Lumiere. Um, at that hospital, oh, all my text is out. Anyway, the hospital has been there since the 70s. But in 2007, the Apostolic Christian World Relief took over administration of the hospital. Um, they worked together because that hospital had Um, gone into serious debt. They were not able to pay any of their employees. However, the doctors, the nurses, everyone on staff kept on working because in Haiti, um, they have the highest unemployment rate in the world. And to have a job and not get paid was better than not having a job at all. Um, So I went on a medical team for one week. I'm a physical therapist assistant. And I went with a couple of RNs, a nurse practitioner, cardiologist, and OBGYN. And during the week, um, we got to work side by side with the Haitian staff. The way that their medical teams and work teams are set up is side by side. We're not going there doing the work. We're working with the Haitians in order to teach them so that they can do more on their own and rely less on our help to do the work for them. Um, So these are just a few pictures of some of the staff physicians the physical therapy room on the top and just in the hallway. Um, Here are a couple of the patients that I worked with and it was just incredibly eye-opening to see what they consider top-of-the-line care in a third world country compared to what we have in North America. Um, Just very, very primitive, I would say, and things that didn't make a lot of sense to me 
So I was asking a lot of questions and not getting a ton of answers. The way the Haitians almost think is they need to take responsibility for their pain. So lots of these patients that underwent surgery and had very major orthopedic surgeries that we would have um, easy access to narcotics here, they had no pain meds at all, even taking ownership of their pain. So that was incredibly humbling to see how strong and resilient these people were. And here, the picture on the left, this was one patient that I worked with every day while I was there. The first day I saw him, he had some nerve damage that went um, down to his arm. His arm had completely atrophied, and it was subluxed. So it almost looked like he had had a stroke, which he did not, though. And through a translator, I was telling him, he's got to get that arm up in a sling, or else it's just going to, it's never going to get better. And the next day I went in, and you can see on the right, he had it in a sling. So they were just very, very willing to accept the um, knowledge that we had to offer and really took to heart what we could offer um, and on this slide was ways to help, and I don't have that written, but I'll tell you. Um, I went down with a medical team, so whether it's therapy, doctor, nurse, um, phlebotomist, really any kind of medical degree, you can go, you can help. Also, they have construction teams going down, too, and these are organized once, once every month for the spring, fall, and winter. They have week-long teams going down, and basically whatever your specialty is or if you just have a willing heart, they will accept you um, to go down and help. And if you have any further questions or you just felt led, you want to know more about this, please um, come and talk to me. I would love to share more about Haiti with you. Hello. My name is Beatrice Hess, and I'm from Syracuse, New York. This winter, we were blessed with sending a few work teams, two work teams, down to our, the Hurricane Sandy area down in the uh, Nassau County. As we all know that these are the last times, and the Lord is letting people know by all the different disasters that are happening. Hurricane Irene happened in this area in 2011. Many people had very little flood insurance, because you needed to have the foundation of your house in the lower corner there raised 18 feet. If you did not have that flood insurance, you were left on rebuilding your property on your own. The U.S. government does offer a FEMA program, which is a one-time opportunity for a homeowner to take the money and rebuild. Many people, as we all know, have a very long process in doing, getting the money. During that time, people were desperate. They gave their money to um, dishonest contractors. And these contractors wanted money up front so they could buy the material and left with their money. So we partnered up with uh, Samaritan's Purse, and they have been down there since Hurricane Sandy in 2012. We were blessed to work on the judge's home. And this is a uh, multi... Um, age family from the grandmother down to the youngest who was in third grade. And they have really lived in conditions that you and I would not normally live in. And uh, what we did as a team, there at the lower right-hand side, you'll see two, our team and another team that was from um, Rochester, New York. And when you go to um, Hurricane Sandy Relief, you are welcomed, they provide housing, they provide food, they provide clothing, everyone wears these orange shirts because it's one, for safety, and two, you're known in the community. Um, very few of us had skills. Each team is awarded a contractor. That contractor goes to the home, knows exactly what needs to be purchased, they have a coordinator who um, buys all the materials, all you need to do is have a willing heart and the knowledge to say, Lord, use me. Teach me how to lay flooring. Teach me what I can do. Um, those in the corner on the, right -hand si on the left hand side, that was our lunch break. And it really was a blessed time for all of us. Um, we're right on the beach. And what it is with um, the Long Island area, 
when the hurricane hit, not only did you have the ocean side that flooded, you had the um, sound side that flooded. So the judges had said to us, we watched the water rush in and totally um, devastated that community. Um, you see here over in the right-hand side, our team learned how to cut tile. They learned how to lay tile. Um, they did everything from sheetrocking to sanding to painting, and I was the gopher. I did not know how to do anything. So I was the one who said, go to the big car um, or truck or van and find a, um, a screwdriver or a Phillips head and things like that I didn't know. Um, it was wonderful fellowship. Um, you started 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, no, you started 7 o'clock um, with devotions that we put together. You have breakfast provided. You make your lunch, and you're out the door by 8. So you get back by 5, you have dinner, and then your evening is free. Thank you very much. If anyone would like to do a work team, we will have one again in the fall. But contact me, your churches, as long as you're 18 years old, you can come and volunteer. Retirees, please come. They need your experience as well. As you can see, it's pretty hard to stay on schedule with everything, but uh, we've got a lot of material to uh, work our way through. Uh, just talking a little bit about uh, Regina, it's one of the focuses that we have for for collections uh, for at camp here. Um, Re- Regina, we have a, a couple that we're uh, sending out. Uh, they're actually uh, leaving next week. Um, it's uh, Josh and Shelley uh, Nitz from uh, Kitchener, and uh, they purchased the farm out in Regina. Um, there's uh, two others that are looking at join- joining them in the next six months. We're looking for more people to go out to Regina. We want to revive. We used to have a church out there which closed up, sold, and basically almost starting, starting over. There's about uh, 10 to 15 that gather there. Uh, there's been uh, two baptisms since 2006. We've been sending a uh, um, minister out once a month since 2006. They fly out to Regina and uh, minister to the people there. They're uh, gathering at the YWCA now. And uh, uh, some of the things about Regina, as far as if you're thinking about why would I go to Regina, um, there's a lot of people that struggle with their job situations and uh, different economics around here. Well, Saskatchewan has the strongest economy in Canada. And uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a scenario like our parents that came from Europe and things and made their way over to North America. Maybe for some of you, it's relocating to Regina and uh, build up families there. Um, but there's, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of reasons of, uh, to be out in Regina. Um, so we will continue to fly minister... Uh, or elder out to Regina once a month uh, uh, to offer the uh, spiritual support. In case somebody doesn't know where Regina is in Canada, and if you don't know anything about Canada, you don't even know where this is. But, <laughs> but it's kind of more a little bit more on the western, uh, western end of, uh, uh, of Canada, and um, uh, it's fairly central on the western part. Uh, you can see Ontario there way over on the right-hand side where uh, a lot of us are from. He said, come, anyone who wants must deny himself. Take up his cross, follow me. No matter the cost, be my heart, my hands, my voice. How are we living for Christ? How are we living for Christ? Following Him we will sacrifice But are we willing to die? God gives the strength that it takes And He knows the price that you pay The life you've been called 
For those of you who don't know me, my name is Lucas Kittleberger, and currently I am um, I'm residing in, in Asuncion, Paraguay, and I'm working as an English teacher at, uh, at Adonai School, um, the school that was started there um, from, from our church. And I just want to share a quick story with you about a, an experience that I had with, with a student in the school. This was very early on in my stay, perhaps um, in March. Uh, not more than two weeks after the school started, or, or the school year started, um, and at that point, I I was um, I was a bit timid because I was very unfamiliar with the language, with the people, um, and I um, I was entering into classes, um, teaching English, and and I I would just wasn't very confident with what I was doing. Um, uh, but we went into a, a first grade class, and there was a student there who, um, his name is Facundo, um, and he was, uh, he showed tendencies towards violence, and I saw this in him um, as, as we were going about class. He really, he didn't want to do his work. He would rather just kind of sit there with a, with a sneer on his face, and 
um, he just wasn't very happy. And I saw this, and, and the Spirit led me to, to go and just sit next to this child. Um, so I took a, a seat that was maybe not more than 12 inches off the ground, and I sat it down there, and I, I sat down on the seat, and I just sat next to him. Um, and, and I just, without really being able to fully communicate with him, or, or with very limited communication, I was trying to encourage him to do his work. And this young child just started talking to me and pouring out his heart to me, a first grader um, of all, all these things that he was going through. Um, and I really I couldn't understand a lot of what he was saying. Um, but just the, the fact that I was sitting there next to him um, and that, that there was someone there who who was, um, who cared about him, um, even, even though I was timid in my own, in my own actions, um, there was someone there who, who was a, a godly figure sitting next to him, um, and, and of all the things that I've learned in my, my experience that I'm having now is, um, is it's, it's, so important for me personally be, to be led by the Spirit, to be Jesus' hands and feet um, in, in that mission there. I just want to share that story with you, and Karen is going to say several things, I think. Thanks, Lucas. He's, he really is a great help to us there in Paraguay. And there's many other ways that you can get involved, not only through donations, but through teaching or through work teams that come down every end of the year. And we also have keychains that we're going to be um, selling or giving away with a donation for all the work for the school this year. And thank you once again. Come this afternoon to hear more of God's miracles. My name is uh, Kevin King. I'm the director of uh, CLM uh, Brazil. And so I'd like to share a little bit about some of the changes we've been going through over the last uh, couple of years. But... Uh, and kind of the reason behind some of that. Last year, I was given a challenge. Um, that challenge was, if something were to happen to me and my wife, what would happen to my children, and would I want them to grow up in the organization that I was running? And then it was also, and obviously my answer to that was, no, none of us plans to have our children in a institutional home. Uh, we make wills and we do steps to guarantee that our children are taken care of. Um, and then I was challenged with this thought that if it is wrong for me to do something with, uh, that I, if I don't want it to happen with my own children, then it's wrong for me to do it with somebody else's. What steps would we take to make the home that we operate a place that would be acceptable for my children? And I challenged our staff with that as well. We made drastic changes to the home. Um, we uh, changed our vision for the home. As you can uh, see up here, our uh, key verse here, cover verse, is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets lonely in families. We are trying to be family-focused. God's crazy about families, and we should be crazy about families as well. God created families, and he created children in families. So how can we not go against what God put in place? How can we take that and do the best that we possibly can to actually be the families for the children that need them? Um, so we changed our mission and our mission is now glorify God by working with excellence toward transformation of the lives of children and their families. And our vision is a family for every child in Brazil. Uh, what does that mean to us? If the church is the church, then the children will be taken care of through families inside of the local church body. And that is what we are doing our best to see happen on a local level. Um, but we also realize that while we're doing that, that uh, we're not just going to reach that destination in a day. So we adapted our current structure to be family-centered. So we have a family-driven uh, uh, structure in Entry Hills now. 
Um, and we are trying to work with the local community to help them build a foster network and see Christians in the local church take that role um, to care for the children within their families. We're trying to build a community of temporary families within CLM property, which we have done, and encourage and support local orphan care ministries within the local church, model and promote adoption within the local church and community, which is something that we have done um, as leadership. Many of us have adopted and have encouraged adoption throughout the local community. So there's me and my family. Last year we added uh, three children to our family, and that is a ministry that we, are, we feel especially called to, is to be the family for those children. We can't be the family for all of the children, but we seek families for all the children that are in Brazil. Um, and then, of course, Mary Gibson, the vice president. We're working as a uh, leadership to be servant leadership and model what we preach. So every person on our board of directors either has children that live in their home or has adopted children permanently. Oh, wrong direction. And then uh, this is our treasurer, Jachir and Jose Mata, who have these two other children who are living with them. And uh, he works outside of the home lives there and volunteers at the home. He works uh, part-time in the mornings and then works there in the afternoons voluntarily and cares for children within their home on a volunteer basis. And then uh, Juan and Bethany Villalba or Bethany Assurance and their two children, Rafaela, who was also adopted last year. Then we go into our family groups. These are children that are at CLM who are being cared for in this family, in these family groups. And uh, what we are trying to model here is what God put in place, is a biblical family model with one father and one mother reference. Um, That's our our goals. We're trying to limit our size, in a sense, to try and take advantage of that. And then we have one couple here who does not have children who live with them permanently. They cover for the other people, but they always have children coming through their homes. Then, part of what we do in focusing on families is in Tourville, where we're focusing more on trying to keep children with families, partially for financial reasons and others because we do believe in that cause as well. So we are operating a, they're operating a uh, after-school program there for children who are at risk, who the government has said are at risk of being removed. So we're trying to prevent them from being removed by working with them in the afternoons and also working with mothers in situations of risk and vulnerability. We really want to help them uh, to be the mothers that they could be and providing assistance, kind of like a uh, crisis pregnancy center, uh, which is something that does not exist in our entire state. If we were to do that, we would be the only ones in the whole state doing that. But uh, trying to provide assistance for single unwed mothers, specifically below the age of 18, who have typically not fit into any sort of ministry, and helping them uh, to either reach their potential as mothers or helping them to reach the conclusion of putting their children for adoption and allowing those children to have strong families as well. And uh, there right now is Jake and Amanda Teeter, who are coming back in December, and Adriel and Elaine. Uh, We have a very low staff there. And part of what we're trying to do here as well is uh, we're trying to find uh, community support to help uh, support our, system, our, our structure here. And specifically at Entry Hughes, we are attempting to build up a farm structure that would uh, support the entire Entry Hughes facility, although that will take some time to do. Um, this is really good because we can attract local support a lot easier for this type of a structure. They see that as a teaching someone to fish type of an analogy. So they would much rather give us resources to build up something to support ourselves than to just keep giving uh, donations. So we are working on that. It also provides an additional source of income when donations are low. And so far that's gone pretty good. Um, It is in progress, but obviously that is a destination we're uh, hoping to achieve and we haven't arrived there yet. And the other thing we're trying to do is just take advantage of the fact that we live in community. And there are a lot of advantages to living in community. Uh, We can support each other. And uh, we are just trying to encourage the couples who live with the children 
to not see this as a burden, but to really enjoy the time they have with those kids, to pour their, their lives into them, um, and help them to know, you know, the God that we have come to know. And so then here is our family, of course, and our vision is to be providing uh, families, a family reference for the children that God calls in our lives. And so this is a long-term vision for our family. I'm pretty young, and these are, uh, children are pretty old, so we intend to continue with this uh, uh, model as pattern in our lives for the future. As children would move out, we would then open our home to more children through foster care or through adoption. And our needs, of course, would be uh, prayer. Uh, please lift us up in prayer. Uh, financial support, especially working with the nationals, which we are more uh, mainly national-led uh, now. Uh, there's a lot of advantages to that, but it does have a higher cost. If you would be interested you know, in being a short-term missionary, opening your heart up to that, that's uh, generally something that God has used in all of our lives and used in my life to uh, lead me to the mission field. And here's the big one. Support your local orphan care ministry. Orphan care is from the church. So when you support that on a local level, we're all doing the same thing. So I, I just love to hear about the people who are practicing foster care and adoption on a local level because we're doing the same thing there. And I'm just really excited about that. Um, if you want to hear more about this or have questions and answers, we're going to be in Campus Center 105 on Friday at 2 p.m. So appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, talk a little bit about the, uh, uh, the ACCMBC. Um, I'm going to go through some of this very quickly. Just some uh, stats of the uh, children that we spawned from last year versus the year before. Um, basically, it's pretty close to the same uh, same amount for uh, for this year. Um, some of the 2013 highlights that we had: um, just the ongoing reg- uh, ministering to the brethren in Regina, which I talked about. We had a couple of work teams to Galilean Children's Home. Um, we had a work team to Zambia, Africa. I'll have a little clip on uh, on that as well. And um, a work team to Paraguay, uh, also to Papua New Guinea, and uh, financially assisting 11 families from our Benevolence Fund. Um, our European projects uh, that uh, number of listed there, also uh, had benevolence for uh, in Hungary. We had the typhoon Hain, uh, Calgary flood victims. There was a lot of things going on last year. Children's Eye Hospital in Belgrade and the Zeman Church repair collections in uh, in, in Serbia as well. Um, for this year, basically looking at continuing with same same items. Uh, Papua New Guinea, um, I was there this year already, and uh, we are uh, collecting funds to purchase another sawmill for them to help them with their self-sufficiency uh, and watching to see how the solar stations are working out, and so far that's working out very well. Uh, we have had one uh, work team at uh, Galilean's Children Home already. There's another one in August um, and uh, Redemption Ranch. We just had a work team in Windsor there and uh, looking at probably having a small work team going to uh, Serbia as well. Our endowment fund is something that we're uh, um, promoting. Our cheerful giver program is still continuing. I'm not going to get into some of the, all the details of, of all those. I've shared them in the past and probably more in the future, but um, and uh, just the ongoing ministering to the brethren in Regina. Um, and uh, a little clip on Zambia. Baba yetu yetu liye binguni yetu yetu amina baba yetu yetu liye mjina la kweli tukuzwe Baba yetu yetu liye binguni yetu yetu amina baba yetu yetu liye mjina la kweli tukuzwe Tupele uchakula chetu tunachuwe tadiyo tusumehe makosa yetu Oh, 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 o
So what's new for Zambia? The, um, uh, a couple of items. The ownership of the school is changing uh, over to an organization called Life Song for Orphans. It's a U.S. ministry started by a brother from the Sis Church in Gridley, Illinois, and has been operating about 15 minutes away from our existing uh, project. Um, they'd actually been involved there for, uh, for longer than what our first work team ha- had gone out to. Uh, um, we have a family that's planning on moving out to Zambia to operate the school from Canada. We currently need funding, funding to furnish the school and the cafeteria that we built uh, last year. Um, and one thing that uh, we're being involved with uh, Papua New Guinea uh, a fair bit, I'm not going to get into that here. If you're interested in hearing about the exciting things taking place in Papua New Guinea, you can come out on Friday afternoon. I'll be talking about it uh, there. He cries in the corner where nobody sees. He's the kid with the story no one would He prays every night, dear God, won't you please, could you send someone here who will love me?
Timber Ridge Ranch has been operational in uh, Marietta, New York, at our property since uh, last December. We're currently uh, ministering to about six families, all of which uh, have either special needs children, and most of them with autism, or from broken family structures. Uh, we presently have two horses. You'll notice our Clydesdale is 17-hand Clydesdale gelding, and we were also gifted a 16-hand uh, Belgian uh, draft horse that's an Amish broke horse. He's blind, and we're working with these two horses right now that presently fulfill our needs, but we will see uh, a need to be able to expand the number of horses we have to deal with uh, more children that have uh, broadened needs and broadened background. We will need to uh, increase our pasture capacity and infrastructure to eventually be able to handle more horses. Uh, would like to encourage everyone that at a horse ranch there are volunteer opportunities for horse lovers and for non-horse lovers. Um, if you like drinking coffee, uh, we need people who are willing to share cups of coffee with the parents who come while we're ministering to the children for somebody to minister to the needs of the parents. We are planning a work team uh, this coming fall, so stay tuned. We're probably going to be setting up a run-in shed um, in the present pasture we have so that the horses can get out of the wind in the wintertime. We'd also like to mention our sister ministry uh, at Redemption Ranch. Uh, Brother Mark and Sister Connie will be going to Germany this year, so they couldn't uh, be here for camp. But we're moving these ministries along hand-in-hand hand with each other, and they are diligently working also on clientele development. Pray for our tax filing. Pray for God sending the right children. Uh, please pray for the necessary permits, and I'd love to share with you about the individual children that we're caring for. Okay, I, I don't know how many of you know about this fundraiser that was taking place, but uh, Brian and Andrew, are you, are you here? These guys biked all the way from Syracuse to here to camp to raise funds for Kara, and we want to say a special thank you to you guys for, for doing that. And we want to encourage as many others Get involved, do f different forms of fundraiser. It doesn't matter what it is, but do things for the Lord. Hello, I'm Benjamin Freeman with GOTM Ministries. I'm here with my wife, Stephanie. Uh, we've been in the States for uh, uh, almost six weeks, seven weeks. We traveled the western coast, came out here for Eastern Camp, I wanted to start by thanking you all again for all your prayers. Uh, it's been a real difficult time for our family, uh, especially for my parents. But they are in Brazil again. Cara's actually doing a little better this last couple of weeks as they've discovered a pressure point in her spine that stops her seizures and uh, allows her to breathe better. The doctor thinks it's a breakthrough. Um, they're ordering a brace that Kezia is supposed to take back at the end of the week. We'd ask for prayers for the doctor. As he said, this is a procedure that's never been done. And there's, he has to convince his hospital and his medical staff to do this uh, fusion procedure on Kara. So we need a lot of prayers for that and pray that this would uh, uh, relieve her of her seizures and her, her breathing difficulties. And special thank you to all those who are doing fundraisers to help pay for her medical needs. This is my family. The girls stayed in Oklahoma. They didn't come with us. They're spending time with Grandma, but there's Re Rebecca, Rachel, and Esther. They are seven, six, and four years old. And they're, uh, we really enjoy them as part of our family. As you know, the school uh, in Brazil was closed due to a lawsuit. We sold the property to pay that off. We had hopes of reopening the school in Gravata at Laban's house. We have decided that the Lord's uh, closed the door for uh, GOTM school, and so we will be, no longer have a school uh, at GOTM. 
the Lord is uh, leading us to maybe start a church. Uh, that's something we need prayers about and we're looking into. But the Discipleship Center is going forward. We've been working on that the last, for the last eight years, doing camps and retreats. And I want to share just quickly a few of the things we're doing. We have a couple of evangelistic outreaches during each week. One is a Bible study in Gravata that I'm leading with some men and Stephanie with some of the women. They are believers, but our desire to grow and mature in their understanding of the Lord. The Lord's really laid on my heart the need to uh, preach the gospel in an undiluted way. So we have... Gravata is full of churches. You can go to any uh, street corner and there's a church. But they are very shallow in their understanding of Scripture, very superficial. And we see so many families in the church that are unable to deal with everyday life. They don't know how to deal with their children, with their families, with their work. They don't know what it really means to live a Christian life in a Christian or in a non-Christian world. And they have trouble uh, integrating Christianity into everyday life. It's usually seen as just part of church. And after church, they go on to do whatever they have a mind to do. So that's a big part of our ministry right now. Laban's House is our camping and retreat center. Throughout the years we do camps, retreats. for different. We did a lot with our school. Now that that's closed, we're looking to the community. We'd like to get churches involved in camps as well, different uh, local churches, uh, to come to the camps so that we can uh, teach uh, teach them and help them to mature and grow in the Lord. We This last Easter, we had about 50 people participate in our family Easter camp, so it was a very good time for us. have a Trilia Certa program, so horses is a big part of our ministry. We have 17 horses right now on the property. We have kids from the community come in every week. I give them horsemanship lessons, do a Bible study with them, and have different activities as well. But we see the horses as a tool for evangelism, the horses as a means to uh, out, get an outreach into the community. We do what I call Sermon on the Mount. We, I'll take a horse and I'll preach a sermon with the horse, using the horse to illustrate what I'm teaching. So here we see a, a rebellious horse that would not accept the master's um, discipline in her life and had no desire to follow her master. And at the lower picture, a submissive horse, a horse that surrendered totally to her master and was willing to lay down her life to do his bidding. And so that's kind of our uh, evangelistic outreach. We see men in the community who will not come to a church service, but they will come to watch uh, a Sermon on the Mount. And so it's a good tool to reach those people who otherwise will not listen to the gospel. So discipleship is our, our goal and that's what we've been doing. We desire it to continue to grow. We uh, need to see the gospel being preached in its entirety, and that's what we want to do. And we'll, we're doing that through the Bible studies, through the camping program. And if the Lord moves, uh, opens up a church, we'll continue that through the church. We, oops, okay, it's the last picture. So some of our needs on the, at the mission, we need, have need for a maintenance person as I'm currently the one who takes care of all the maintenance, construction, anything that breaks, I have to take care of. And I feel the Lord's calling me to focus more of my attention on the horse program 
I, over, I oversee that as well. But I need to focus more of my time on the horse program and the, the discipling, the Bible studies. And so we're praying that the Lord would send someone who could help in the area of maintenance, upkeep of the property, and help lighten some of the load I'm uh, trying to carry. People who are interested in working with kids in a horse setting, you, uh, as Scott said, you don't have to know about horses or other things you can do in that. And then we have um, a few uh, construction projects, projects that we're trying to finish up so that we can put aside all the, so that the facilities are completed and we're able to focus more fully on the work and the ministry that the Lord's uh, called us to. Uh, we'll be speaking on Friday to go into more detail on the ministry of, for those of you who are interested. Again, I thank you for participating in the ministry here with us and for all your prayers and support over the years. As you see, on the top, we have a, um, the place. Tecate is in, close to the U.S. And those then never came to visit us, so we are, we are pretty close. Um, the gate is pretty close, so you don't have to jump the fence. Uh, <clears throat> the, the second place you can see is uh, San Jose. It's about uh, 12 hours from Tecati. And I, I'm just going to go to the places that you, brothers and sisters, uh, you've been uh, con- contributing this through all those years, almost uh, 50 years. Um, we have a church there. It's uh, 15 members. And then uh, we go further, and the Seya Michoacan, Ixlan, is my hometown. Uh, there was no Christians in 1978. My mother was the first Baptist Christian there uh, as an adult. Um, and then from there, uh, I told you about dream. Uh, I don't know exactly what uh, the first... Uh, a uh, person that dreamed sharing the gospel in Mexico had in mind, but I know some of that, some of the the the, the desires in the, in the heart. Okay, uh, from there, uh, there is more places that we've been uh, been uh, sharing. Uh, you you can see Morelia, which is a capital. You hear a lots of things in the news, and please come. Don't listen to them. Um, <laughs> And then you see Barra Vieja, which is Acapulco. You might like to be there, but you need to go a little farther than there. Uh, we had an, another gathering there, about uh, five members. And, and when I became converted, I, I, I had a desire. I want my family to get converted. So I, with the Lord's help, my dream became true. And most of my family, except one brother, is converted. He's not converted. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I was seven, 16 years old when I received the first Bible. And I believe it. it that Bible came from contributions. And, and, and uh, the Lord used it in encouragement in my life years later when I came to Tecati. One of our dreams years ago was to prepare brothers to be in the ministry, to share the gospel in different places. And uh, in each land, there is two ministers. And uh, of course, you know that this work is my wife and I, we started in 1980. And uh, the sister church is taking over We uh, with our Council of our elder brothers, we decided they should uh, help with that. And they have been working Barra Vieja in Morelia, in, in uh, some other areas where they have a Bible studies. Um, <clears throat> now, we want to thank you for all the contributions, all the work. Uh, some of you have been coming and, and work there 
with us very hard. Um, I want to thank you for uh, helping us to finish our, our new building and uh, sanctuary that we have. Okay. Um, we finished our sanctuary, and it's, we are so thankful. We, I, I think we can fit uh, 400 people, and, and we had a big problem. So, but I know that you're praying for us, and the first dream was to fill the sanctuary, the first one, for 100 people. And, 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 and years ago, we had about this month, we had about 300. says, oh, it's time for us to build something bigger. So we pray, and we ask for uh, all of our churches, and, and, and you were so grateful to contribute and to come and work there. We want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, we have another dream. About six years ago, a couple of brothers asked me, you do never consider to open an orphanage, a school? And in my heart, I said, no. I said, we will see if the Lord opened the door. And he said, when we, we, uh, we, we not open and, 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 and our dream, we want to share more details uh, this afternoon. And uh, this is a piece of property that we just uh, would like to ask the Lord if it's possible that we can purchase, where you can come and dream with us. There are many children that need uh, a place. So... Um, <clears throat> Just think about the opportunity that you can have. And I, and I just move my heart when I see those children. You know, uh, I was not sure if I would be the first one, the second, but I'm glad that I'm the last one to share. Because I, I got some tears when I see those, those pictures from the children that do not know what is a Christian home, what is a Christian family. And we try to... to to not lose the identity. You know, we have a commit to the Lord. We want to share love's God, uh, God's love with them. And, and uh, we have dreams that we need God's uh, direction. And, and, and you might have ideas. You might have uh, questions. You might have, a, I don't know. You can pray for us. Thank you. You will see some other pictures there. Um, this is some of the view and the, the pictures. And, um, so you can pray. Come today, uh, 3 o'clock. Before we're dismissed, let's just pause our and pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you as a church family. We're thankful for the brothers and sisters that we have in your work all over this world. Father, we first of all pray for our sister Kara. Lord, nothing is too big for you. So as a family, we intercede for her. We pray and lift her up. And thank you, Father, for your abilities to help her. Bless us in our hearts. Open our eyes to what you want us to do. And Lord, each one of us needs to work on that thankful, regenerated heart that you've given to us, and may we serve you and serve you more in the days that draw near before your coming. In Jesus' name, amen.